Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. Our text does come from our gospel reading today. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. This is our text. Now, unless you are an exceedingly devoted student of United States history, you've probably never heard of the Great Disappointment. It was a rather sad chapter in church history unfolding a few decades before the Civil War. A Baptist pastor named William Miller had been poring over his Bible, studying end times prophecy, especially in the book of Daniel, when he was surprised to discover that the ancient prophet had provided detailed information about the precise date of Christ's second coming. So with some careful calculating and some fine-tuning and a little help from some other believers, Pastor Miller concluded with conviction that he knew the exact day when Christ was going to return, October 22nd, 1844. So then for more than 10 years, Pastor Miller traveled around America, lecturing to anyone who would listen, urging them to get ready for Christ soon coming. People actually listened to him. And a lot of people actually were convinced by Pastor Miller and joined the, drew, the group that came to be known as Millerites. And they were all in. They sold their belongings, they quit their jobs, and on the big day, October 22nd, 1844, they donned white robes, gathered together on hilltops, and studied the sky, ready for Jesus. And nothing happened. Nothing. Miller and his Millerites were devastated. Great expectations fizzled into great disappointment. The faithful began the day with their faces turned heavenward in eager anticipation, and they ended their day with their heads hung low in disappointment and shame. Now, this all happened long before you were born, of course, but I'm confident that even if you had been living back in 1844, you would have known better than to believe anyone claiming to know the exact day of Christ's return. I'm sure that you would have escaped the great disappointment. But that doesn't mean that you are immune from your own great disappointments in your own life. In fact, the truth is that many of you have been dealt severe blows 
and great disappointments that have left your head bowed. In your own life, great expectations have too often dissolved into great disappointments. You've all experienced it. Disappointments, they come to every life. A relationship degenerates into despair. A job is lost. A talent spurned and rejected. A spouse is buried. A treatment fails. A child is lured away by the world. A happy home torn apart. Disappointment, hurt, and loss. They're real and they're hard. Disappointment breaks your heart. It drives your head down. Even more serious, maybe, is when disappointments begin to rule and then even to define you. And a bowed head becomes your standard posture. And worse yet is when a bowed head is actually a deliberate choice that you make. Keep your head down, you're told. That's the way to deal with life's hard knocks. Keep your head down. That's the advice given to people in the midst of severe trials. Keep your head down. That's the way to stay out of trouble. Keep your head down is the way to get through life's disappointments. Keep your head down has too often become the motto of many Christians who are disappointed or threatened by personal loss. A bowed head is safe. When you keep your head down, you risk less because you expect less. And if you don't expect much, then you're not likely to be disappointed. If you keep your head down, you don't have as much to lose. The personal hurts and tragedies that you face can make you drop your head, lower your expectations, and shuffle through life, hoping for little and looking for even less. When that happens, disappointment defines you. Not only do the challenges and difficulties of life tend to push our heads down, but so does the culture around us. The world approves quiet, compliant Christians, and the world frowns on those who speak boldly about their faith or who live courageously in their confession. And truth be told, many believers today seem more than ready to surrender, keep quiet, and adopt the expectations of the social order. Compliantly, they keep their heads down and their eyes aimed at the floor. It's safer and simpler to take a low-key, head-hanging approach than it is to get too committed too deeply. The world persuades believers that they are second-rate, not quite up to the standard, not on par with enlightened people in the world. Christians are told that they are fools to believe that Christ rose, lives now, and rules the world, and will be coming soon to judge the world on the basis of Christ and where you stand with him. It's suggested that Christian faith is only for the simple, the unsophisticated, and the uneducated, something for people who don't know any better. And so in the face of a hostile world, too many Christians 
maybe some of you, go through life like a whipped puppy, uncertain, apologetic, intimidated, fearful. You don't want to impose, you don't want to offend anybody with your faith, suggesting Jesus is the only way of salvation. You don't want to provoke ridicule and mockery. So subdued and cautious, you slip quietly through life, trying not to be noticed, trying not to stick out from the norm of everyone else in the world. You keep your head down. Jesus commanded the opposite. He made it clear that his disciples were not to keep their head down. Their faith left no room for shame or embarrassment. There was no reason for them to hang their heads. Just a few days before his death, Jesus spelled it out. When you see everyone else at the end of their rope, fearful and fleeing the pain and sorrow of this broken world, when everyone around you is overwhelmed with disappointment and shattered expectations, I want you to stand up, set your face forward, and step out. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't be embarrassed. And above all, don't drop your head and be ashamed of who you are in me. Jesus expects you to go through life not hesitant and despondent, but striding forward with confident joy, your head held high, not in egotistical pride, but in confident faith. You live looking up and looking forward because Christ is in control. And the sorrow, the pain, and the disappointment of this day simply mean that Jesus' return on the last day is just that much closer. How strange it is. The very things that so often discourage us should do just the opposite. Jesus commanded, when you see the signs of the end, lift up your heads with great expectation. But Christians are so reluctant to do that. Too many see the hostility and the unraveling of the world and are frightened and discouraged. This is wrong. The signs of the end are signs that encourage. Christ is coming. He is coming soon. The signs prove it. The signs of this world coming unglued and falling apart as it rebels against its creator are the evidence that Christ is near. And that means that your full and your final redemption is getting so close. So get your head up and get ready. Christ is coming. Living with your head up is a lot like dealing with one of those driving north winds that come as fall turns into winter. You know how it feels. You felt it just this past week. A blast of frozen air can slice right through your body. And so most people go out into the bitter wind with a shudder. When the blast smacks into them, they bend their heads low, stare down at the ground a few steps in front of them, and hurry as fast as they can to get in out of the cold again. But not everyone does this. There are those unique, maybe odd souls who seem to relish the blast of icy air. But the heart of a 
polar explorer, they embrace the cold. They relish the bracing jolt of the sharp wind smacking against their faces. They step into the gust with their head held high and their face forward. They celebrate every moment spent in the biting wind. They love it. This is how it should be for you. When you are tempted to lower your head merely to muddle through in quiet compliance, don't yield. When the blast comes, don't flinch. Don't be afraid and don't drop your head. Instead, delights. Not in the icy blast that threatens you, not in the disappointments that come, but in the promise that Christ has made to you. Rejoice when the signs of the end are crashing around you and roaring in your ears. It just means that Christ is coming soon. Get your head up. The promise will be kept. God does not disappoint his people. Get your head up and look, because when you look up, you see Jesus. After Jesus had been arrested, just a few days after he spoke the words of our text, and the world of the disciples was falling apart, and everything was screaming failure and disappointment, the disciples should have been doing what Jesus said, they should have been looking up because if they had looked up, they would have seen Jesus. Jesus lifted up on the cross the full payment for all failure and the healing for every disaster. But the disciples weren't looking up. On Easter evening, gathered in the upper room, the disappointment was overwhelming. Their heads were hanging in fear and shame. But you see, Jesus would have none of that. He did not let his disciples grovel in their dark defeat and disappointment. He came. He lifted up their heads. He gave them fresh joy and new hope. He does the same thing for you today. God will not have you plodding through life with your head hung low. You are not to live in a state of fear, despondency, embarrassment, apprehension, or shame. No, you are to be confident, joyful, and expectant. You're confident because Jesus is faithful. He keeps his promises. He will come again. And yes, we actually even do know when that will be. <laughs> no, we don't calculate from the Bible the exact day, year, or even century when Jesus is going to return. We don't play those foolish prophecy games. But we do know when Christ will come because he tells us. He comes right here on schedule every single time that we celebrate the Lord's Supper. He comes here in flesh and blood Sunday after every other Sunday. Jesus comes here in the sacraments to you. Whenever we celebrate his life, his death, and his resurrection, he comes in the supper. He comes to tell you that you are his own. He comes to wash away every stain of sin. Whenever you hear the words of forgiveness spoken into your ears, he comes. He comes to assure you that he is in control and that he has perfect plans for you. He comes. And he bends down before you 
and he takes your face in his hands and he lifts your head up and he stands you up tall and certain and he directs you forward into the teeth of the gale with his grace and strength. That's what happens here in this church week after week. Jesus is the confidence in your living. He is the spring in your step. Jesus is the fire in your gut. He is the resolve in your decisions. He is the authority in your words. He is the guarantee in your future. He is everything. It is because of him that you lift your head high. It is because of him that you greet every cold blast of this sinful world with unflinching determination, with your face forward, a gleam in your eye, and a smile on your lips. Christ came for you. Christ comes now for you. Christ will come again for you. He comes this morning and fills you with his grace, and then he sends you out whole, complete, restored. He heals hurt, erases disappointment, and brings everything to completion, including you. No space is left unfilled. No expectation remains unmet. Everything is restored when he comes. He comes today, and he comes certainly on the last day. Our Lord comes, and everything comes together in him. It's getting colder outside. It is. The chill of sin and evil, it blows hard and invades every space. It is a harsh and nasty world, just like Jesus said it would be. The winds howl with fierce, unrelenting determination, and that's all right. Jesus told you to expect it. When the wickedness and brokenness of the world rage and roar around you and threaten to freeze you to the bone, it just means that Jesus is coming soon for you. Don't bow your head. Don't bend to the wind's icy fury. Lift your head up. Greet the promise of the day. Christ is on the way. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Meet the gale with face held high. Amen. Lord God, when the disappointments come and drive our heads down, come to us again and by your Spirit's power lift up our heads so that we see Jesus and then confidently follow wherever he leads. Amen.